Ladies and gentlemen, our wrestling podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, and iHeartRadio. So, without further ado, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall, and it is a fan request from Nick Apelowski. WrestleMania 7! Welcome to the OWP. This is our wrestling podcast. This is Dave along with Jess. Hi, David. And Craig. Hey, David. Bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. And now on to our topic today, WrestleMania 7. Hit us up on Instagram at OWP2019 and click on Linktree. Oh, David. I want him to do every I want him to do every WrestleMania announcement from the beginning. But it's so funny that after he became Mr. McMahon, like that's when everyone started noticing that, oh, he's so exaggerated. I'm like, he'd always been exaggerated. He he was always like that. Yeah. Yeah. ah, I just wanted to come out one more time and be like, this is WrestleMania 36. Yeah, I don't want to see him at all anymore. I just want him to do voiceover still for the pay-per-view. Voiceovers would be, yeah. I don't so I know I interrupted answer. your uh, no, shit fine. that we're available on. I know. Hit us up on Instagram at OGP2019. Click on Linktree, and you can find us on several platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, even Stitcher. Did I miss anything? There's a bunch coming. Uh, Dixie Cups and String. Oh, I yeah. Think you, can, you, can find it, you, can find, you can find it there. Hey, guys. Uh the reason why we're doing WrestleMania 7 is because we've got a cool shout out on uh, one of our Facebook followers, Nick Apolowski. Did I say that right? I think I did. Um, thanks so much, Nick, for this recommendation. And for all of you guys that think that we wouldn't actually take care of your recommendations, you're wrong. Because as soon as we get one, we are doing it. And we're really excited to do it for you, Nick. So shout out to you. I hope you'll like it. What do you guys think about this first request and how quickly we're doing it and about the topic itself? Uh, we're in WrestleMania season right now, basically. Perfect time, um, Nick. Right? Yeah, good job, Nick. So yeah, and I, I kind of I, I like it when he, you know, usually we kind of get put our heads together and come up with the topics, but I like the out the outside perspective. I think that uh, I probably would have never chose just a particular pay per view, but he suggested it and said, "Hey, do you take requests?" I was like, "Sure," and he was like, uh, "Why don't you do it on WrestleMania 7? It's one of my favorite WrestleManias, and 1991 was my favorite year, basically, of WWF." And I was like, "You got it, pal." So here we are. You got it, pal. You got a pal. We got Craig with us as well. <laughs> yeah. You guys give your fans what you want. Name podcast will turn them, give a suggestion and turn it around in quick time. You guys are great. What do you mean, you guys? You're part of this too, buddy. Come on. Thanks, buddy. Come on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, WrestleMania 7. I, I always talk about this uh, offline, but um, the the actual artwork for WrestleMania 7, if I just get to it real quick, was one of my favorites. Hulk Hogan um, being dastardly in every muscle bulging out of his cartoon head and you know body and everything else, carrying that American flag was like the coolest thing ever when I was a kid. Agree, disagree? I thought this shit was awesome. Yeah, they did. They really did some cool artwork like for this mania and they did for a, few, a couple manias like around this time period. But yeah, the seven was like the one where they just went, I put the American flag all over him. And like, so it was just kind of, 
every picture, whether it was animated or real life Hulk, he had a red, white, and blue bandana he wore. I'm sure his underwear is red and blue. And like, so yeah, it's just everything was about America. I believe the uh, the subtitle for this mania was Stars and Stripes Forever. And uh, we're going to get into Superstars it. Superstars and Stripes, Jeff. Oh, sorry. Whoa. I'm so sorry. Craig is correct. Superstar. Yeah, what am I thinking? Superstars and Stripes. Superstars, pal. Superstars. <laughs> superstars and Stripes. We're not wrestlers. Superstars. <laughs> That's right. We are superstars. Oh, goodness. So uh, why don't uh, Jess or Craig, either one, why don't you lead us into the backdrop that led us to WrestleMania? Why some of the matches where they were, what were the major storylines coming in? And why were they that way? What was the real life backdrop uh, to the country at that time? Let's get into it. This whole WrestleMania was based off the notion of we're going to play on the uh, the, the Gulf conflict at the time. Um, there was a lot of madness going on in the Middle East. There was always madness going on in the Middle East, but on this particular one, um, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Craig. I'm not. not I'm not a very polished historian, but um, but it, Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait. Am I correct? Yes. And the United you States are. said no, no. I don't know why I gave an accent to the United mm-hmm. States. Americans are like, no, you uh, yeah. don't. Americans, yeah, like, they're all. You're not going after our oil. So I guess Whoa. so. Basically, we <laughs> whoopsie daisy. So we got involved <laughs> and we decided to go over there and basically show our muscle and say, get out, or there's going to be problems. So, you know, of course, the media is like, it's the Gulf War, which is, it wasn't a war. It was like a conflict. And it started late 1990. We basically decided to go over there early 1991, right around the Royal Rumble time. And it lasted, I think we were over there for about two and a half minutes. And then we were, <laughs> like, something like that. we were like, we won, we won. And so basically they had set the table. They had turned Sergeant Slaughter heel. They made him an Iraqi sympathizer. So this former American hero turned Iraqi sympathizer, even wore the Iron Sheet curly boots, which means you're super fucking evil and foreign. <laughs> and uh, and so and and basically they put the title on him. He beat the Ultimate Warrior in Royal Rumble 1991 for the WWF Championship. Thanks to Macho due Man. To the, thanks to the Macho Man, which ties into another marquee match for WrestleMania 7, which we'll get to. So the whole event was... The great American Hulk Hogan, who can't beat the Ultimate Warrior, um, who <laughs> cannot rematch the Ultimate Warrior, um, is going to go after this Iraqi turncoat sympathizer, son of a bitch, Sergeant Slaughter, and he's your hero, and he's going to go do it. And then when the when the conflict basically ended at like the end of January, early February of 1991, they still weren't even close to Mania yet, so they had to continue this build. They had to play it out. Sergeant, yeah, they had to play it out. So that's <laughs> that's the basic backdrop for this whole thing. Anything you want to add, Craig? Sorry. was um uh if you remember that this same year and the, it wasn't a long conflict but operation desert shield that first kind of gulf war uh it did not last long it was quick but american fervor was huge and it was flags everywhere and this was the year of super bowl 25 um laces out dan bills giants and <laughs> that out. compelling oh. whitney houston performance so just it, that's kind of known as the biggest kind of sports kind of themed plus um americana there is um in live events and so this was only just a couple months after the super bowl um there's still a lot of cleanup to do but um it was in effect over and then wrestling, of course, has been built on these stereotypes and conflicts from the Nazis and Germans back in the day to the dirty Russians to – so it's just another extension of that. But uh, I think this did have some controversy, which we'll probably talk to a little bit down the road on do you do an angle like this, starting it with an active war, and then could you do something kind of like this today? So and there's a uh, so there were a lot of kind of plot lines and storylines just of the overall theme of what they did and they this, the big angle with Hogan. But that's you could you, you could argue back and you can argue that they tried themes later and it, it backfired big time. And they had to take some uh, what was it Muhammad Hassan comes to mind and they had to pull that back quickly. Um, it you can't I think you can't um, I think we'll get into it at the end a little bit. But yeah, I think they did try it, Greg. To your point, um, you can't 
you just can't do this shit anymore, man. You just can't. Well, do it. I and and to the 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 point of this or the, the result of this pay per view and just the whole this whole push, this whole you know quarter of business that WWF was trying to push on us, like it didn't work even here. And uh, for many reasons, I think one, it was too close to home. People actually were shipped over, and they were using the word war in the media, which scares people. So now they're not just playing off a Russian conflict or an Iran conflict or just, you know, like the Iron Sheik back in the day or Nikolai Volkov or whatever. That's different. Like, I think, Dave, maybe on a past episode, you said, yeah, that that's legitly that was just tensions. You know, you could play off tensions and be fine. But when there's actual war or conflict, this is a little too close to home. And then on the wrestling front, I mean, Sergeant Slaughter was fucking over the hill and bringing him in and just trying to turn him heel in a promotion that if has really erased everything before Hulk Hogan. So from 84 on, it was Hulk Hogan is the greatest. Hulk Hogan is the only real American ever. Hulk Hogan will, you know, uh, lift your car up with his hands while he changes your tire with the other hand. Like, it's just that, that every they've done so good that nobody really knew the history of Slaughter, even though we knew him as Mr. G.I. Joe. Like, we knew all that. But his history in the WWF was wiped away because since the you know, rock and era started, it was all Hogan and Vince made damn sure to tell you that, that this is Hulk Hogan land. And this is so from 84 to 91, it was Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan. So then you bring this guy back and you try to play off. Remember, he used to be a real American. He used to be a face. Actually, we don't because you've spent the last six years telling us that nobody existed before Hogan. So it was just weird. Then he's got a big beer belly and he's bald, even though I know Hulk's bald, but he didn't have a beer belly at the time here and he was tan. So Slaughter comes back looking like my grandpa and like and just was in his Sergeant Slaughter garb. And you're, I'm supposed to believe that he's a top heel. He beat the warrior, even though we know he warrior cheated, but still, it doesn't matter. He beat the warrior. And then like I doubted that Hogan was going to beat him at all coming into this event. Of course, I knew and that we all knew it. It just was sort of like anticlimactic, I guess. And let's be real. We'll get into the match briefly. That, you know, I, I'd say stole the show. We'll talk about it in more detail. But we all know how Slaughter was able to obtain that title. Um, and it leads to the Macho Warrior match because basically Macho King. This is people don't realize he's Macho King. He's not Macho Man. He has a crown. And guess what? He also has a scepter. And he literally hit Warrior right between the eyes with that scepter during the Slaughter Warrior title match. And that's how Sergeant Slaughter was able to win that title. And that's what leads to that retire, uh, you know, go home match between Macho King and the Ultimate Warrior, which uh, I'd say probably one of the best matches Warriors ever had, but we'll get into it. So anything else before you guys want to run down the card? No, I think that was pretty much it. Oh, also oh, the fucking venue. How can I forget that? So there you go. The, since WrestleMania six, they were running commercials saying WrestleMania seven will be in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, which can hold up to 100,000 people. Um, and so that's a that's a tall order. When they announced that the year before, in my mind, even as a I think I was in junior high at this point, maybe just getting into my freshman year. Um, I was like, <laughs> oh, Hogan Warrior rematching. Like, that's, of course, that's they're doing it a year in advance. Like, yeah, that, I, I mean, who else is going to sell 100,000 tickets? I don't even know if they could. And so it was just sort of like, as you get closer, you realize, like, it's going to be Hogan and Slaughter. What, what is this? Like, and then so they switched venues from the L.A. Coliseum to the L.A. Sports Arena, which was down the street in Los Angeles. That only holds like 16, 17,000 people. Um, and. They say it's for security purposes because we're in a conflict security. You know, we could be a, a terrorist target, you know, putting 100,000 people in a building. Problem is the conflict so, was over, though. Yeah. yeah, the conflict was over. And really, it was from soft ticket sales. From what what I remember, what Dave Meltzer reported was that they only had sold like fifteen or 16,000 seats. Yeah. And at two months before Mania the date where the event was supposed to take place, they'd only sold like 15 or 16,000 in a hundred thousand seat arena. You can't curtain off that many fucking seats like in that arena. So they changed it to the LA sports arena because they had no choice. There's no way they weren't even going to come close. Even if you paper double, you're only going to get 30,000 people in a 100,000 seat venue not a good look for them. So uh, Bruce Pritchard even said on his podcast that it was really for both. It was because ticket sales were awful. And because even if we sold out, um, the LA Coliseum, there was no way that we could put the security that was being called for at the time because of the conflict, which I think is bullshit. All right. It's all ticket sales, really right? Am I, that. That. That's my you opinion. You got a lot of the uh, extra security at big events, but they were not willing to help us. They were not willing to, to pay that. And the cost of, to secure that facility 
and to secure that area would have far outweighed anything that we possibly could have drawn. And the, the, the thought of drawing 100,000 people to that event, mm -hmm. at that point, that Come wasn't going to happen either. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. If, if you're only at 15,000 to go with Two months a month, before. Yeah. That's a big problem. Yeah. Um, you can't give that many tickets away. You, you can't paper sick. Even if they put 60 or 70,000 in there, they could make it look full, you know, sure. but you can't paper. Yeah. You're not going to paper 40,000 seats. <laughs> no. <clears throat> Fantastic. So what was the, uh, the attendance in that? Uh, it was, it was like just over 16,000, which was pretty much capacity for the LA sports arena. Dave Meltzer also reported that when they switch the venue mm -hmm. no refunds were given which means they didn't even at the time they didn't have to yeah they didn't have to so basically they put it in the LA sports arena they already had 15,000 seats sold and they, they just and sold they the other thousand the or whatever yeah. yeah yeah that's all they did um and, and there is a spot in here i don't know if it's true where gorilla monsoon actually says this is the highest uh rated the highest amount of pay-per-views ever for a pay-per-view um event which know. he must have a secret I didn't know about. Exactly. How do you say? How do you even fucking know around. that the day of? I think they. I think they were in more countries at this point, and that's what he was trying to say. It's the most watched WrestleMania as far as like now we're we're in even more countries than we ever were before. Only that's I'm assuming not what, he, that's said. what he said. It's probably what yeah. You're Vince, right. No, you're it's, right. It's, it's, it's what just, Vince yeah. made him say, quite frankly. So say it. I'm sure. Uh, speaking of of uh, you know the announcers, as we get into it quickly before we get to the card, because we got some time. Um, I, it was very interesting to have uh, have. Uh, announcers changed throughout because Bobby had actual matches to attend because Bobby Heenan and Gorilla, as we all know, is some of the best commentary crew together. Well, and even to touch on that real quick, uh, this was the first WrestleMania without Jesse Ventura. Yeah. So it was a different, this whole mania was a different feel in a weird way from the previous ones. Go ahead. But yeah, I just figured I'd say that because that's why like Gorilla Monsoon didn't have Ventura. So you almost feel like they're trying out some people at a WrestleMania, which is kind of weird anyway, but Haxel actually, uh, commentates the first match with with gorilla and then bobby comes in and then it's uh i think alfred hates comes in when when uh when bobby has to go to his next match with mr perfect so um it's almost like they were trying it out but bobby actually became that that mainstay of commentary for some time after yeah it was wacky and i think it's because bobby heenan was the manager in the opener exactly um, and he was a manager when perfect, i because i yeah. I watched it back again, and then when I, you hear Hacksaw's music, and I, I was in my head, I was like, Hacksaw gets the opening match of WrestleMania 7? Like, that's putting on a little fit. There was so much USA in a flag, <laughs> and then to have Hacksaw come out first, and I was like, what is happening? And then, then you see Hacksaw, and even it's still as bad. He's in, like, an American flag top hat and an American flag, like, oh, yeah. shiny jacket. He's and it's like, it, what, yeah. are you, what is happening? I, I completely you know, <laughs> forgot about this. Hogan yeah. has always scooped Hacksaw's heat when it comes. Hacksaw was the only one that always talked about the flag, always carried it down to the ring. But when they wanted to put the American flag on Hulk, it became Hulk. Hulk no, Hulk carries a flag. But poor Hacksaw <laughs> would literally like wear USA socks. I carried like it ninety percent of the time, Hogan. Yeah, but yeah here you go, carried the head. flag everywhere, whatever. And it was oh, I love the USA, tough guy, and all that stuff. But tough Vince guy. Was just like, no, Hogan's our guy. Oh. No, it's okay, Terry. I've just been doing it my whole career. It's fine. <laughs> You love the USA more. Okay, fine. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Oh, That's great. So let's jump into it. Uh, you want to go down the card first, Jess? How you want? Yeah, do we'll go. Uh, the first match, the opener, was a barn burner of a tag <laughs> team. It was the Rockers, Marty Jannetty, and Shawn Michaels. Uh, they defeated the Barbarian and Haku with Bobby Heenan in their corner. Um, it was a uh, ten minute and thirty three second match to open the pay per view. Um, <clears throat> I also want to say too, as I go through the matches, I'll ask you guys: Does it deserve a thumbs up, a thumbs in the middle, or a thumbs down? Um, and you could based on whatever criteria you want. Crowd response, which we actually talked about it before the mics went live here. This oh crowd gosh. was fucking loud as shit. This crowd was hot for this mania. There's, they were a great crowd. There's only one match where they were really cooled, and it was after Hogan and Warrior. So I can't even remember which match it was. It didn't matter. It was like the ultimate cool down match anyway. It was like the perfect match to cool down on. I'm sure we'll get to it. But uh, that was the only time they were quiet because they were exhausted after Hogan. I'm sorry, after Macho and Warrior. So um, they were they were a great crowd. Some of the best I'd ever seen throughout. And I think that uh, the Rockers were sort of in a weird purgatory here because they hadn't they didn't break up until the beginning of 92. So about 10 months later is when they broke up. So I remember the Rockers as a fan just kind of like they were just in limbo at this point. Um, and then they really didn't start teasing the split up until late 91. So here they just legitly wrestled a, a tag match and won like against Bobby Heenan's guys like good match. I, I liked this match a lot for an opener and 
you know, the Rockers kept the crowd into it and Barbarian and Haku did their, you know, and it's funny. I look at the Barbarian and Haku here because they were so differently dressed, but then I forgot they went on to become the faces of fear, the faces of fear in WCW, Ming and the Barbarian in the Nitro era. Mm-hmm. And they would fucking do crazy shit. They were so stiff and awesome in the Nitro era. I for, just forgot about that. And when I watched this match, I was like, oh shit, they were the faces of fear. How do I not remember that? Like, yeah. how do, I mean, I remember it, but you know what I mean? Like, I totally forgot that they teamed even way back here in 91. They were part of the Heenan stable. Weird. And one thing that I noticed too about the match, I briefly brought this up before we got online, but um, I think that Michaels controlled a very huge part of that match, if not most of it, not even all of it. Um, you see it when um, when JD gets hit onto the onto the ropes and, and hits his neck on the ropes. They pick him up and they drop him. Uh, Michael sees the cue, calls it out, comes into the ring to distract the ref specifically so they can double team Janetti into the ropes. All those big moves, all those big moments were all controlled by Michaels. The finishing sequences, everything you can, you can see Michaels has the gift, you know, the, for the art of the story, Ugh. even here. I, I know, I know Jess, I know, I know you can't stand it, but this is, this is probably why he got to where he was. You can't, I can't, I love, and I love Haku. Haku, I know is that, that natural strong guy. Break your hand with one hand shake. He's, he's awesome. People, people love Haku slash Ming. He's a legitimate tough guy, Um, but they can't work. They can't control a match. And, and he was, he had to help them control both sides of it. So um, you got to give the, you got to give him credit and you can see it even when he's really young here, but this is why he was split off. What you say? 10 months later, they saw something in him, obviously. And you can see it even here. I know, so, I know, I know, yeah. I, I know. I'm not a big fan of him either, but you can't deny, you can't deny the ring work, man. You can't deny the control. Some say their promos were, were terrible. They do a promo before they go out, and I just forget how <laughs> oh my bad God. and generic. Like it was just Marty says Whoa. something cool, rock and roll strut show. <laughs> Cut to Sean says same thing but weirdly different, and then. <laughs> Uh, but they almost don't sell their own promo in like so almost knew how ridiculous it was or they were mad at each other. There's just uh, a certain vibe with them here. It's hard um, to but tell. to Jess's point, the crowd is so hot. They're they're they're, they're, they're popping they're, for they're everything. Hot. And it's amazing to see. I just they forgot. For, they pop for kip ups, man. Of course, to the <laughs> right. size of your opponents here at WrestleMania, Haku and the Barbarian, whose sheer force is unmatched in WWF tag team history. Well, you know, there's no doubt about it. They're a couple of big dudes. They're pretty big and strong. But, you know, the Rockers, since the beginning of time, have been defying odds. And this will be no different. And remember one thing. We are tag team specialists. Well, you are indeed tag team specialists, but uh, may I remind you that Haku and the Barbarian are not exactly strangers to one another. They are members of the Heenan family. I got news for you. Barbarian and Haku, there's no doubt you are two of the biggest and the baddest in the World Wrestling Federation. But what's it going to make the Rockers when we put you away? That's exactly what's going to happen. WrestleMania 7, the Rockers are going to do like they always do. Turn heads, turn on crowds, and come out on top. Woo! Rockers ready to rock yeah. Haku and the bar. So I give I, I give uh, the match a thumbs up because um, yeah. I thought it was a good opener and it fit the crowd. Dave, what what do you think? Thumbs yeah? up, man. It was it was hot. It was hot all the way through. Uh, kept the crowd's attention and got the crowd rolling right away. Set the tone. Thumbs yeah. down for Michaels. Duly noted, Dave. Thank you for saying that. Craig, what do you think? Uh, what do you give this match? Thumbs up. And it was a, it was a good. I was about to just say earlier. Everyone is huge. All the guys are so big back here. Even Haku's got huge traps and bodies. Yeah. Just to see the barbarian and Haku. Barbarian is a big human being. And all of them throughout the rest of the card is just how shocked, how jacked everyone is. It's, it was cool to see. Yeah. It was a great opener. Yeah, now we, we roll into our second match. Uh, so all three of us unanimously give that a thumbs up match uh, or thumbs up mm-hmm. rating. The yeah. second match is the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich. Uh, he defeated Dino Bravo with Jimmy Hart in a singles match in three minutes and 11 seconds. Um, I I, could, I, I don't want to say anything about this match. It was just a filler. This match, this pay-per-view has 14 matches on it, by the way. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of filler here. Like there was a back here. WrestleMania was kind of known for that, like 12, 14 matches. And this is, they would just throw two athletes together with really no previous feud or anything. This and is really, this match, a te- I think yeah. this is a tester for Kerry Von Eric more than anything to see how the crowd responds. And the thing about Kerry Von Eric is, I know it sounds stupid, but it matters. Uh, Kerry Von Eric has a tremendous physique. Um, he looks great. Um, he's he's going to appeal to the audience, especially the the ladies in this in this particular realm. Um, and I think it, I think it's really just to see what he can do on some of the bigger stages. Uh, quite frankly, um, Kerry Von Erich was was much to be. There, there should have been way more for him. Not 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 in the way of like they should have given him more. He should have done more. He he had the ability to do something great. And I, honestly, I just 
maybe maybe he felt it and you know the backstory of Caravan Arc is extremely tragic but uh, I, I really felt he was more than what he would give out on those nights. When you see that match, it's a prime example of that. I don't know. If yeah, I, I I feel that yeah, the demons were haunting him here, and I think Vince, because of his body, always wanted to try to hope against hope that he would straighten himself up. So Vince kind of did for a while, keep him out here. Keep in mind, this was after he lost the IC title to to Mister Perfect like two or three months before, and mm-hmm. I think Vince really wanted to keep him in the thing, the mix of it. But unfortunately, I don't think Kerry could get out of his own way. Um. Uh, I I no, just, I'll give my rating. It was, it was thumbs down. The match was terrible. It's a um, thumbs, it thumbs down like, here. He he fights yeah. his, with his jacket half the match. It's it's, yeah, quite, it so it's weird. a bit sad. Yeah, um, you know the the back, just clunky together. The backstories of these guys down. are the backstories of these guys are more tremendous in this match, quite frankly. And you know, briefly, Kerry Von Erich wrestles with a with basically half a foot for prime of his career because he loses it in a motorcycle accident. A lot of people don't know that 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 boot is not is half not his foot, and he's still able to do tremendous things in there, but. I think you do more than a tornado punch in a claw, quite frankly. Um, yeah. And then Dino Bravo, the backstory on him is is just it's fascinating and tragic with um, basically what Canadian mafia just just uh, taking. Just I think it's over. Out. I think it was over, over cigarettes, over over smuggled Illegal cigarette trade yes. or tobacco or some shit. And yeah. they killed him over it in his own house. I mean, it's just so tragic. I mean, the backstories here are way more compelling of a story, but. Uh, Incredibly tragic, and then Kerry Von Erich obviously takes his own life sometime later. It's just I I can't even get over the stories these guys had. Like you said, what they must have been wrestling with outside of the ring is is way more of a story that we should, we would love to get into. I'm sure eventually, but uh, total horrible match. Thumbs down. Not a barn burner. So that, you gave it a thumbs down too, right, Craig? Yeah. So all three, we all said thumbs up the first match. All thumbs down for the second. Dave gives another thumbs down for Michaels. Okay, next there, yeah, match. there you go. Uh, the next <laughs> match is the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, defeated the Warlord oh, with his patented power God. slam in eight minutes and 15 seconds. You know, like <laughs> I said it in the Bulldog episode, this match was decent. And I really got the feeling, even the young Jess, the junior high Jess, that this was Vince's way of pace, like putting him in a match that he has to pace, a typical strong strong guy versus strong guy match the you can't break my full nelson shit and bulldog passed the test and he really they just did basic shit in this match but the crowd being so loud and really loving the bulldog you felt that vince needed him to beat this monster put him in his power slam beat him or whatever definitively in the middle of the ring and he did and the place went nuts i felt that this was a major positive for bulldog stock they went at the nuts. time they went nuts the entire time they went nuts when he was breaking out of the nelson when he was yes. breaking out of the bear hug. which i mean yes like, it's oh a great crowd God. you know but i mean bulldog did it he felt the crowd out you know you can say what you want about what some past people have said about bulldog and the way he kind of has his head in the match but bulldog was super focused here and i'm not saying the warlord is some schlub honestly i'm not i mean i know it's easy to say <sighs> that because he was just a big guy but i mean like they both did what they had to do and bulldog controlled the pace it was just a basic good guy like i said and bad guy match and and it was it was nice it was very nice so, and smooth so craig you're a bulldog it, guy why did it why did what were the dreadlocks all about and the beads was going on there. I do not. I did. I didn't remember he got them this early. That was kind of surprising. I don't know. Not sure yeah, I think he grew, he grew his hair long when he was gone, and then when he came back in late he 1990, had him, right? he had him. Yeah, and it was yeah. beat. So mm-hmm. I think it was just to change him up so he wasn't like looking like one half of the British Bulldog tag team when he came back. I mean, it was. We, we were all wearing dreads at this point in '91. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I totally. Was. Yeah, totally. They and, dreads and by the way, so like you, you think the Warlord was jacked? Davy Boy was probably in the yeah, prime huge, physical peak well, of his the, career. Oh my god! Yeah. The match. I, I know you got. I know me. you got to have assistance, but like Warlord was legitly like six seven, six eight, and like probably three hundred twenty pounds of solid. They called muscle. him. They called him three twenty one or three twenty eight. Bulldog. Way, yeah. Bulldog seriously just put him on his fucking shoulder and walked around the ring for a second, and like that's fucking. Not, yeah. That's not only did he ridiculous. get him on his shoulder, but he, he's like, oh, I think I'll take him over here, and then he's like, no, I'll, I'll take him over here. Uh, I was like, oh no, yeah. fuck. I was like, where's he? Is he trying to find the hard? Where's the hard camera? Where's the hard camera? Yeah, I was like, I was totally amazed by he had that kind of strength to hold him for that long. It's phenomenal. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Craig? I, I I give it a th- oh, sorry, Craig. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I give it thumbs up. What I give thumbs down is they both do promos before the match, and they literally burned. Um, n- not kidding, ten or twelve like dog puns, like every dog has <laughs> yeah, its so day. Right, yeah. <laughs> and Slick says, uh, <laughs> I can't remember. It was like, uh, yeah, well, like I'm gonna put go, this dog go. down or whatever. Like just yeah, you're right. Yeah. Did you say clean? Hey, how about guaranteed? 
Take a look at this man. It takes more than one dog to put this man down. It takes a hell pack of dogs. So, David Boy Smith, you get ready to pack it in because you're about to be fixed, brother. Because every dog knows that when you gotta go, <laughs> you gotta go. There's no wrestler that has escaped my full Nelson. And you, Davy boy, will be no exception to that rule. <laughs> oh, Davy boy, remember, it's a doggy dog world. So you be prepared. You're about to be divine. I'll give it a I'll give it a I'll give it a thumbs middle because I got ups and downs on it too. I'll give it a thumbs middle because while the crowd was hot for it, it was great for strongman versus strongman. I never want to see a strongman versus strong match again. And also, um, he about killed that dog when he brought her up on his shoulders at the end, making that dog wave around. They were so mean to that dog, Craig. Yeah, he did. The dog was abused. I, I'll give it a thumbs. <laughs> I'll give it a thumbs up because I, I thought I liked it for what it was. It, 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 it was just meant to be what it was, and it was really to, to see if Bulldog could pass that test with the crowd and hold them. Oh, he and, did. And get a Without a doubt. Big pop, and he did. So I give him a thumbs up. So Craig and I thumbs up. doesn't love the Bulldog? Come on. Dave, thumbs in the middle. A thumbs down for you know who. Uh, so now next we're going to go to the – the Nasty Boys, Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sachs <sighs> and Jimmy Hart in the corner, defeated the Hart Foundation to win the WWF Tag so, Team Championships. Obviously, can, this match in 12 minutes and 10 seconds. Can this someone match tell was me? Can someone tell me the fascination with the fucking Nasty Boys? I don't. I like I've the never Nasty Boys. I know Calm you do. Down. I've never understood it. They do Calm nothing for me. Nothing. They were almost. They're almost also my choice for the guilty pleasure episode we did. Ugh, that's see. That makes sense. That makes sense. It, yeah, I, oh god, they are super sloppy in the ring. I get it. Everybody, I'm surprised down. they didn't kill somebody. Oh, okay, Dave. They are body just, guys. But, they looked but, really good. They're all kind of <laughs> they were so, cardio. They were chiseled, bro. You know, it's it's it, honestly, it's because they would get in there, and and WWF really wasn't the land of it. So I'm surprised they either won yeah. the, the won the titles in WWF, and then also yeah, they lasted as long as they did, but. Because in WCW they made sense. They're like Steiner Brothers want to drop us on our head. Fine, yeah. Like, but they would get in there and throw it back. Like they didn't care. That's they why were I the them. they like, were the definition of laying it in. And I so I understand that. And you even saw what, so when Bret Hart would wrestle them and, and Hart Fetish would wrestle them. Like Bret punched him square in the face a couple of times in that match. Like he he didn't hold back. Nasties don't give a shit. And They're later like, on it, in '93, yeah. I remember Craig would almost faint on a lot of the matches where it was Nasties against Cactus Jack and Max Payne or so Cactus bad. Jack and, and Kevin Sullivan. We just knew, like, fuck, Nasties don't care. They don't care if they fall on their own head. And then you get Cactus in there. There were so many times where Craig's like, what? What? Like every single, <laughs> like, we're just, oh, like, what? He hit him with what now? Like, and just, they did not care. Remember the, the front suplex that I think Knobs took and he, he uh, uh, dislocated his shoulder? Yeah. Like it was you, you, guys, you, like, gotta, you gotta admire the craziness, I guess. But I, I guess didn't care. The, the ability for me wasn't there. I don't think they ever controlled a match. I don't I don't think they what whatever you want to do. It's kinda like I think that's I, their philosophy. I thought they were on their best behavior here. I was surprised of how well they like flow together, remembering all the nasty boys matches post this. Yeah. And I, I didn't know whether that was a respect for the hearts or whether that was the hearts giving it um, giving it right back to them. But that's interesting that you had perspective that they were Super stiff with each other, and because I, I found that they Brett fucking well, laid him out because of Heart Foundation. Yeah, Brett laid yeah. out one of them right in the beginning, punched him right in the mouth, you know, and he flew out of the ring. And he knew it was coming, but like he did not pull that punch. I was like, Jesus, settle down, knob, settle down. <laughs> and then for <laughs> no reason, <laughs> for no, I, maybe they did this. <laughs> well, to your point, they're winning the title, so they better they better take their comeuppance, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god <coughs> stop it um damn it i can't breathe um so yeah and then also i maybe he was doing this a couple weeks leading in on tv but jimmy hart comes out of nowhere with a goddamn helmet <laughs> like for no reason and we like, all, know, they we use all it. know what's coming it's like can you telegraph that like when he wore it down he might as well just look at the camera and said this is why they're gonna win baby hat. like i mean it's like he totally saw it coming like i ride a motorcycle baby no look yeah. at that all of a sudden, I just invested in the motorcycle, baby. Like, and then after that, I swear he never wore the helmet after they won the titles here. So, I, but, I mean, I know been, we're running it long. Been, it would have been so fucking funny if he came down in a fucking little scooter or something with that helmet on for the nasty boys. <laughs> but I, I gave this like I give this match I uh, a thumbs in the middle. I probably should say thumbs down, but thumbs in the middle because Brett's involved and Brett made sure he never had a, a shit match like at least with yeah, anybody. I agree. And uh, it it was just completely designed for the Hearts to lose the titles, and then we know what Brett would go on to do after that shortly. So I, I give it a thumbs in the middle. Thumbs middle is good for I, me. I'm with it. 
I gave it thumbs in the middle. Also, and this was Nightheart's last WrestleMania. Just FYI. Yes. Oh, damn. And a shot of Macaulay Culkin in the crowd, who's still a fan today. That's, that's all. right. That's yeah, right. he is. That's true. Yeah. I'm um, not a fan of Goldberg, apparently, so fantastic. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> so uh, the next Good match stuff. is a, a blindfold match with Jake the Snake Roberts. Thumbs down. Let's move on, please. Jesus Christ. Eight minutes and 34 <laughs> seconds. That's too I, fucking long. Yeah, oh, my God. You know, this was whole the whole thing where, like, months before, I think it was, like, October of 90. Uh, model sprayed his arrogance in Jake's eyes by accident, blinding Jake. Jake would wear a white contact a lot. As Craig I'm pointed blind. Out, as Craig pointed out, he wore Bill Cosby sweater at one point in time. Jake Roberts did. <laughs> he just wore this ridiculous sweater, which is apparently 1991. A Cosby um, sweater. And so, so that superstars w- after he got blinded, he wears a nice Cosby sweater. Just <laughs> it's in and the, so that's why, look it that's up, why yeah. this was a, a blindfold match because he was like, you want to try being blind model? Let's be blind my way. I don't, I can't do a Jake promo, but that was like the no, whole thing. So good. It was like a four or five month feud where finally Jake got both his eyeballs back. He had an eye transplant or some shit. I don't remember. Um, so yeah. So he challenged him to a blindfold match because I had to live in darkness model. Like, so it was the whole thing. And, and uh, if this, crowd wasn't live as they were this match would have sucked like really bad so they put black sheet or uh sacks over their head yeah, yeah. which you could totally see the outline of their yeah. face so you, you could know see right could, through when the lights hit yeah. them it, especially when the moisture from their mouth you know like it, the condensation from their mouth it, it made the bag almost clearer and so like you knew like they could totally see through the bag right now but Great psychology on Jake's part, to be quite honest, just getting the crowd involved and pointing and the whole thing. It was super dumb and deliberate or whatever. He yeah. ends up nailing the DDT, which is what everybody wanted anyway, and uh, which pretty much ended the feud. So Jake wins the feud. It would have been it would have been better as a squash match, honestly. But yeah, this it was a thumbs down for me thumbs because down. like it, I admire it was very ambitious, but total thumbs down. It just it's totally agree. We've if already down a for effort. Into, build up was good, but it's, we yeah. already we already yeah. spent too much time on this. Thumbs down. Yes, we did. <laughs> so the next match, the next match, I don't want to talk about because it's just it was so uh, terrible. Uh, was the Undertaker defeating Jimmy Snuka? Undertaker being the hot new guy that's coming in the promotion. They didn't know it back at the time, but this match started the streak. He yeah. defeated Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Um, like it, it was four minutes and twenty seconds. Undertaker botched the finish. Uh, that would not fly today. Um, I this match is awful and thumbs down to me. But like it, I get it. it I, I think there's the a guy. I think you, know, you, you talked about our title. This could this could be another match for the title of Oil and Water. Um, it just doesn't work. And Snuka's had some great matches with people, but this is definitely not one of them. It just uh, maybe it was Snuka. They were supposed to Snuka was supposed to springboard from the apron into the ring using the top rope, and Undertaker catching him, throwing him up into the tombstone, and hitting it. But Undertaker caught him and didn't catch him high enough, so he put him down. And then you could tell he was like shit. And then he punched Snuka a couple times, then picked him up and tombstoned him. I don't. I don't think that was Snuka's fault. I could be wrong. I. I don't know why Undertaker didn't get lower. Undertaker knew the spot was coming. So why Undertaker didn't bend his knees and get under Snuka to catch him to muscle him up? I don't know why. And I don't, it, I'm not, I, it, maybe it wasn't Taker's fault. Maybe it was Snuka because Snuka didn't really jump super high. It could high. be a timing issue. You know, Taker's young here. But he's yeah, young nowadays that happens. Like, you know, you know, Vince is in the back. You know, he's shitting on Ricochet, he's shitting on everybody else. <sighs> if they, and Ricochet didn't even fuck up. He's been awesome in there physically, ring wise. So it's all like, right, all right. if so anybody know. did this now, if anybody <laughs> botched the finish now, Vince would be like, I've lost my interest or whatever. It's like Chris but Masters, man. Chris Masters yeah. botched the finish, got buried. He you know? fucking yeah. like, yeah, he he started the streak here. So the match is important for that. But like this match was fucking garbage. It was thumbs down for me. Thumbs down. Thumb, thumbs down. It was so bad that Jimmy Snuka murdered a guy. Oh, God. <laughs> I was wondering like if it was years, coming. Like, oh, like years no. before he did. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause he knew. But, uh, he just knew I'm going sh- to have a stinker of a match at WrestleMania 7, but, uh. <laughs> <laughs> next. Just, oh, just so go. Next, just next go. is probably, Sorry. next is the absolute, <laughs> next is the worst match on the card. The Ultimate Warrior <laughs> defeated <laughs> the Macho Man Randy Shut Savage. Shut up. Oh, oh my, my God. You're <laughs> such a douche. 
in 20 minutes and 47 seconds. In all honesty, not just the best match on the card, but the show the, easily far. the best match in the Warriors' career. Um, like this match was fantastic, and just the drama and everything, the the play with Elizabeth, um, like everything was just fantastic. I, I love this match. What, what am I, I going to say? Can I, can I say that everything that Sherry did was fucking fantastic? She's fantastic. I I miss Sherry. She's the best. Like talk about she's, she she talk about she's like no no I want you I don't want you to hold back. Like Warrior pushed her to the ground so hard in that match. I was like, oh my, my wife was watching from the mouth by the yeah. end of it. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. But then still had enough and then her kicks to Savage after she attacked him. Just everything she did was pitch perfect. I love her to death. And and you see her at the end, she she's she, you can tell she's ragged, she's tired, her hair's a mess. Her dress has been coming off in layers the entire time. And and you're like, man, Sherry looks wrecked. And I'm like, yeah, because she fucking put work in, bro. Like, she put in work. And she did that every time she was out there, in my opinion. Um, I, I love Sherry for that. And um, I always thought she brought such great storyline to a match whenever she was out there, to, in my opinion. She's a big yeah, part and, of that. Yeah. And, and the, you know, again, you say what you want about the Warrior, but, you know, it does take two to tango, just to be short and brief about it. And... They both did really good. And Macho Man does obsess about matches like this and invites them over to his house and they choreograph it and go over and over it. But that's fine. You want to deliver a product like this to me? Fuck it. I don't care if he spends a week at your house to get it right. Like this this shit hit a home run. Um, everything about it. Not just the match was good and the pacing and the false finishes, but but the the Elizabeth, you know, being in the crowd and you hadn't seen her for months and yeah. just when she comes in, the hug with her and Savage, like legitly, like people were crying in the audience. Like people were yeah. crying. They panned like, several it, people crying. It's like, this storyline since 85 that they had invested in. And it's it, paid, the, they paid it was it the ultimate soap opera for wrestling fans was this whole this whole story with Macho and Elizabeth. It was phenomenal. And this was the the epic ending to it where they're supposed to ride off into the sunset together. Um, was yeah. this? The first kind of moment that you saw shots in the crowd of women crying. Mm, yes, this to me. might be like yes, of yeah. like an, a romantic. This is the first like, yeah, it, yeah. yeah, women crying. It, it, was, it, it was a big yeah, deal. It was super them. nicely done. I, I, I can probably speak for all both of you and say a thumbs up from everybody. Great match, great timing, great storytelling, um, fantastic finish, um, and fantastic finish after the finish with Elizabeth and and Macho. I, the only, if I wanted to nitpick, I think I hated the fact that Macho elbowed him five times. You know, I don't. I purposely avoided that because I will go nuts, and I can't go nuts right now. I have to go to the next match. Yeah, that's um, the only. Yeah, it's the only thing I can nitpick. But it's the right. next match is a absolute throwaway match, and and this tag team demolition is a shell of who they used to be. Cool off match crush, by crush definition. and smash, uh, crush and smash. <laughs> Lost to Tenru and uh, uh, Katayo. Um, they're and, two well-known stars. Cared. Yeah, And WWF was doing a partnership over in Japan, um, I think with the SWF or whatever it was. We've talked about it in past things. They were doing like a joint Japan tour, and they were trying to launch a new promotion out there. So yeah. that's why they did this or whatever. Well, this but puts it was- them on the card. It puts them in a spot that doesn't hurt them. And you know they're testing Crush right now, which was an epic failure in, in hindsight. It was No, I mean, they were done. Axe was long gone. This was actually Demolition's last pay-per-view match. That's what I'm saying. You're, I mean, they're, they're, they're trying um, yeah. to see if it's going to work, but you know it's already not working. So when you put this in this match and you put them with these guys, you can tell the crowd is not invested and they're exhausted. So you have to cool it off before you get to where you're where you're trying to go. And yeah, match thumb, was, thumbs down for me. Match is a pile of shit. Thumbs down. But right? if you call it for a cool off, I call yeah, it thumbs a, up. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a thumbs up for cool off, but it's a thumbs down for everything else. It, I don't even know if it's sense. thumbs up for cool off. It was fucking everyone was fat and sloppy in it. So oh, um, true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, the next is uh, the big boss man defeated the intercontinental champion, Mr. Perfect Kurt Hanning with Heenan in his corner by DQ in 10 minutes and 46 seconds. Andre makes an appearance looking awfully sad on the arm crutches. <sighs> I don't even know why they would put Andre out there and make him vulnerable like this. It makes no I, sense. I, I think um, I think it's a good payday 
quite no, and it was to give the boss man the rub and all that stuff too. But like, yeah, just I get it. And, and you know what? I know Mr. Perfect and Bossman were very friendly behind the scenes. They really liked each other. But this this match didn't gel for me. And like, it was the feud was kind of pointless. And I I really hated this Intercontinental Title defense. To be honest, I thought it was a waste of Mr. Perfect's talents. You know, you have the Warrior and Savage steal the card, and that's fine. But you have this amazing worker, Mr. Perfect, with the worker's belt, and you didn't do shit with him. And you you just kind of had him have a meh match with the boss man and Andre hobbles down and everyone pretended they were afraid of him and like it just uh, it was just it was bad I didn't I, I wonder I wonder to your point if they expected more with Carrie Von Eric uh, here with perfect and it just didn't didn't mesh out and they they went to another they went to another I, I I'm convinced that in the back they just said hey Mr. Perfect can you do all your signature bumps for boss man and he was like sure I mean it was like a superstars of wrestling match or a Saturday night's main event match like it it didn't belong in WrestleMania it was thumbs down for me I was totally well it, it's bored. a it's a thumbs down for me too because no title match should uh, should ever end in a DQ at WrestleMania and I think we've learned that lesson yeah yeah it was thumbs down biggest disappointment it it should have been incredible and it, it just wasn't there's just too much going on and sadness with Andre and the interference and the DQ and them just not putting on a great match because they're both, everything they do is great. Typically. I mean, yeah. So Andre, couldn't, Andre, yeah. Andre couldn't even get into the ring to help boss man out. He had to fight everybody from the floor. He couldn't even get in yeah. there. It's just sad, man. It was terrible. The next match is a uh, earthquake with Jimmy Hart defeated Greg Valentine. Three minutes, 14 seconds, another shit throwaway match. Um, I feel like they're building. When, when did when did uh, Earthquake wrestle Hogan for the title? So that, that was uh, it wasn't. It, no, it wasn't for the title. It was like for like six months before at SummerSlam. So it was already over at this point. Oh, okay, so, feud, so yeah, they, they were, were basically to... getting him. Sure, I would say like three or four months later, he he uh, joined with Typhoon and they made that's the where it was okay. And then they they get the tag titles there. So so yeah, can we say thumbs down on this? Thumbs down. Thumbs Have you down. guys? Did you guys hear the rumor that um, Sergeant Slaughter originally the plan was to be like tugboat chic? And to have yes. tugboat turn, yes, that's yeah. crazy to me. Yeah, <laughs> I love. It. I, I don't know. I yeah, I, I love that yeah. idea. I, 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 I wish. Too. I wish that happened now. Actually, that would have been great. In an odd so, way, I kind of do too. Yeah. Um, Good old Ottman, bro. The next match is uh, the Legion of Doom, Animal and Hawk defeating Power and Glory in fifty nine fucking seconds. Fucking squash, uh, man! Squash <laughs> match for again for no reason. Like it was just. Like to, it, it was just to get him out there. It was just well, to get the, but that even but like they, like Vince brought LOD in in the summer of 1990 and here we are in March of 91 and he's still not putting the titles on them and not knowing what the fuck to do with them. I mean, eventually, four months later, they would beat the Nasty Boys at SummerSlam 91 to win the titles finally. But they were literally in the promotion for a full year before Vince put the titles on arguably the most famous tag team ever. Uh, the Legion of Doom. I don't get it. Like I, I don't. I, mm. Why put them on there to squash power and glory? You know. Uh, you I, know what most people are going to say. They get a huge pop. They get a great reaction. People love seeing them, and they didn't need the titles. That's what they. That's what every WWE hard hard dick is going to say. You know, like oh, they didn't need it. Okay, Bruce. Thanks. Yeah. But this match was shit. Thumbs down. Um, I will. I will give it a thumbs <laughs> middle. Only, be, only, only because. Only because they all walked out. Because Paul Roma took the doomsday device. Like yeah. a champ. Dude, did you see how he protected himself too? He rolled Hercules over. Hercules so is like, I'm him. not taking that shit. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but you go ahead the, and do that. But at the same time, when, you're the bumper you, of this tandem. If you're looking to get the crowd back into it just before the matches are going to be final in, uh, Legion of Doom is going to do that for you. They got to pop just for showing up, and I, I think it's perfect. It's perfectly timed into it, and it gets the crowd right back where you need to be um, for your main event. It's a it's a thumbs middle, but the match itself it could have been so much better. They could, I personally think that they probably were had a they had a time issue and they had to squash it. I think it was supposed to go longer. Quite frankly, it could have. Craig, so, uh, what do you think? I, your... I don't hate that theory, Dave. Um, I'll give it thumbs down though. <laughs> don't fucking don't try to make Dave feel better on that one. It's ridiculous. Thumbs them all ridiculous. Uh, the next match. The next match is Virgil with Rowdy Piper in his corner, defeating Ted DiBiase by count out. Um, seven minutes, 41 seconds. Let me say, um, this is just my opinion. I'm going to lead off with my rating. Total thumbs up. I love this fucking storyline. And the way Virgil ch- turned in 90 at the Royal Rumble that three months before, um, I know they kind of played on the whole, you know, Virgil was kind of a slavish thing and they so did all bad. that. But like, so I love Piper being in there. I love Piper hyping him up and you're a man, Virgil, which is kind of when you look at it, it's just so over the top and ridiculous. And you spell man, V-I-R-G-I-L, like, and, you know, the whole thing. But Piper knew what he was doing on the mic. DiBiase's a fucking national treasure. 
This is when Sherry runs down to the ring and aligns herself with DiBiase. I want to say at the end or the middle of this match. Um, Towards the end. And yeah, like a because, wedding dress, yeah. which is very strange. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what she had, that's what she had left. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so I, I loved it. And I know, for, you know, people can say what they want about Virgil, but they did it. Not, the storyline to me was good and strong coming in. Uh, people wanted to see Virgil win. It was a count out because they didn't want to hurt DiBiase. And uh, and that's fine to me. Like it it was, you know, nicely for what it was. I gave it a thumbs up. I enjoyed it because I thought that DiBiase is a genius here carrying Virgil to this kind of match. Even though it was only seven minutes long, Piper on the outside did enough distracting to hide Virgil's greenness in the ring. And I thought it was I thought it was really good. I think it did what it was supposed to do. Mm. Yeah. Thumbs up. I'll, thumbs up for the storyline. Thumbs down for the match. Yeah, I'll give it thumbs in the middle. Uh, I, I I thought that the the, yeah. the buildup was good. It was good to see Virgil. I know you can't bury DiBiase, but like he gave like how long was it? Three years or two and a half years of Virgil being the guy? Like let him let him let him take have the solid win. Um, but yeah, but he he, he wasn't great. Point. But Piper Piper's the best. And then not only did Piper train Virgil, they did this thing at the end after Piper was beaten down where Virgil then, but he kind of screwed it up or Piper. Oh yeah. Me, does his awesome. That's right. says, do what you told me get up or, or he, but, but he just didn't do it very well. Yeah. Um, but DBS was, he's like, come on, man, I'm going to get up on my crutches, man. Like, yeah, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> every, every, everything, everything Piper goes up. Wow. Yeah. Oh, 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 you're right, man. You got me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, turned, I got in a motorcycle. Oh, you're so fucking hours smart, buddy. Yeah. You're so fucking smart, big guy. Oh, wow. Turn my words I around on me. <laughs> <laughs> Turn my words around on me, you son of a bitch. I love you. I, <laughs> oh, I get it because I told you to be a man, but you're telling me to be a man. I'm going to stand up now. <laughs> this whole time I'm making you a man and I'm not being a man and you're telling me be a man. I'm like, I got it. Now, fuck away. What are those learning lessons now? <laughs> Our Piper becomes like Jimmy Stewart. We're on both thirty less. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, doesn't matter the color of our skin, man. Both thirty lessons. That's the thing. WrestleMania, everybody. Like, that's oh, why I no. give it a thumbs up. That's why. I give... You know what? I changed my vote to a thumbs up. <laughs> There's will... so many like layered messages in this. I will change to. A, I will change to a thumbs up if we can move on. Oh God, damn it! Oh, so <sighs> the next match. The next match is the Mountie with Jimmy Hart defeating Tito Santana in a minute and 21 <sighs> seconds. Why? Uh, do I have to say thumbs down? Because it was fucking garbage as well. Uh, thank you for shitting on Tito Santana. And the Mountie was new. You know, like he was a new character. Everybody. I, I, I feel like brother. they crapped on Tito every chance they possibly uh, could. Period. And everybody knows the Mountie wasn't anything until he actually came out to I'm the Mountie theme song that he sung. I'm here he the had Mountie. This, here he had the shitty like. Burr, 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 like yeah, the ridiculous so like dumb. Mountie music. Yeah, it was awful. So Someone uh, must have made that suggestion to be like, you know what that song needs? You sing it. Yeah, you fucking singing that you're the Mountie, which is fantastic. Like, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart's a genius. And afterwards, like when that happened, the, he really you know got a Mountie baby? character. Come on, baby. I gotta put words to it, baby. You sing it. That's gonna sound good, baby. And Piper's like, you know what? <laughs> you know what? Virgil taught me be a man and put there in the theme song. <laughs> I know you can't sing. I can't sing, man. You can sing it. Give it your all, man. Give it your all. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's, Let's, get Come on, Let's get to the main event. Uh, this Mountie has gone on too long. Like, <laughs> oh. We're trying to keep these in 30 minutes. It's not oh, the fucking 14th match is uh, <laughs> Hulk Hogan defeating Sergeant Slaughter for the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship uh, in 20 goddamn minutes and 26 seconds. That is too fucking uh, long, bro. And and they made the LOD and uh, Power and Glory match a squash match. Maybe this should have been the squash match. Jesus Christ. Now, there were some highlights in here. Obviously, the whole thing leading into it was America's going to win and go over and Hulk could win his third WWF championship here. Um, wow. And he bled. And this was one of the famous moments where Craig and I were fascinated to no fucking end with the way they did the blade job here. Um, really quick, 
He has the blade in his hands. Slaughter hits him in the face with the chair. Hogan, Hogan's laying with his head on the middle rope facing outside the ring. Slaughter is walking on the outside of the ring, hits him in the face with the chair. With his fall, Hogan drapes his fist over his head with the razor blade in it, cuts his head, leaves right. the razor on the mat. When Slaughter gets in the ring to go for the cover, the ref gets down to count, grabs the blade, puts it in his pocket, and then counts the two count. Hulk kicks out, gets up bleeding. <laughs> it's fucking genius. It's great. Like, it's total sleight of hand. Like, it's it's fantastic. That's How many fun. rewinds and pauses and rewinds oh and pauses did he do on the Hogan fallback with his hand? He, yeah, with Just, the, the way his body fell, it wasn't unnatural. He fell, and it looked natural. Like, he draped his hand across his head as he fell, but he cut his fucking forehead in one try. And, like, it was awesome. And he bled like a mother... Like, and it just your American heroes bleeding on the ground, and later on the the image of Hulk bleeding in the camel clutch was awesome. Like, So, you know, you know what the problem with that is? You guys just gave him so much praise. That's why he tried to pull that fucking great mood of fire shit and fucked it all up years later. That's, that's Dave, your fault. That's all your fault. <laughs> he didn't fuck. Piper didn't give him a goddamn pep talk. What do you want? <laughs> Come on, man. Let's do the fire. Come on, man. Now. Be your best, man. Like that fucking fire. Hogan would be like, you're right, brother. Ugh, fucking I'm still beating man. the warrior, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I would say overall, <laughs> God, I mean. Still, I'm having a hard over, time. I'm from a wrestling standpoint. I'm having a very hard time giving this match a thumbs in the middle, but I'll give it a thumbs in the middle because of the bleeding was cool. And it was meant to make Hulk this fucking hero. And at the end he was, he had the title around his waist, waving the American flag covered in blood. That's what they wanted. And, uh, and you know, after a tough battle, the United States reign Supreme, like that's basically what the whole period at the end of the sentence of story, storylines a total to thumbs up, man. It's just, beautifully executed it, it just unfortunately it starts the downgrade of wrestling i mean the, the no and i wanted to say that too looking back when you're in the thick of 1991 and i named these names hogan slaughter uh you know boss man perfect lod Robert foundation you know roberts uh piper uh dibiase all that stuff you would not like there was no way when we were perfect, in the thick yeah. of 1991 we thought a wrestling downturn was around the corner we now know looking back that by the end of 92 shit was off the rails um for various reasons yeah but um yeah this was the, the beginning of the decline the evidence of the soft ticket sales even if they weren't going to fill a building for even if they just went to a regular dome and tried to put sixty thousand people in it wasn't gonna they happen. wouldn't even sell it like yeah that's crazy and so that it was evident here Hogan the Hogan gimmick was getting tired um you know Macho Man retired so he wasn't you know part wrestling actively anymore they just there was a lot of shit changing here in this promotion at the time and so yeah it was the beginning of the decline you again sitting in the middle of 1991 with all these names around you how could you even think that but it's true it's really true it's crazy i I give it a thumbs up. I think people, it sent everyone home happy. It did what it was supposed to. Typical ho, there was nothing really special about it, but uh, it's Except just for fun. The, end, the crowd bro. popped. It was, you know, it was long. I guess that's Hogan, what I was like, 26 Hogan, minutes yeah. is a long time. It's a long time to get choked by a microphone wire, get your back raked and shit like that. It's right, yeah. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Just for one yeah. blood spot. For one great yeah, blood spot, you, but it, then he hulked up and he posed and everybody was happy. Uh, the yeah, quote of the night was... Given, could you give him one you could have given, like I think Jess was saying, five or seven minutes taking it off and given a couple of minutes to one of the other squashes. Um, not that I can't remember right now which one of those squashes deserved it. Um, there were quite a few squashes. Oh, power and glory. Give them, yeah. give them three minutes. Take it off. But um, I don't know. I won't I won't hate on it. No, no, no. And at the same time, even if you didn't want to – if you wanted to give Hogan that time, you could have given him – You could the crowd would have been more happy probably in my mind if you had gone eight to ten minutes and then posed for ten. <laughs> they would have been a lot happier right. about that, you know. Right. So uh, quote quote of the night was Regis Philbin. Uh, Regis Philbin was a guest commentator for this with Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan. Quote of the night was Hulk Hogan. He's the best, isn't he? That's that's Regis Philbin <laughs> trying to get character best. and sell the fucking product. Like 
So stupid. And then Craig and, and I always pick on the Alex Trebek and the Alex Trebek announced Hogan. The participants in the main event, and he was just off rhythm. He's not a very good ring announcer. Great game shows, not a very good ring announcer. You, guest ring announcers don't work because you're used to the icon voices of the Buffers and Howard Finkels and Gary Michael Capetta. So when you yeah. get someone in there that doesn't know the cadence, that's never done it, it really stands out. And and I know for a fact it's because uh, this this group has talked about Alex Trebek and the way he said that for 20 years. So just, yeah. just go ahead and just give the wrong way that Alex who Trebek the, introduced Hulk Hogan. Who the First fuck of all, are you it, to, up to, to up to fucking Finkel, by the way? Who the fuck are you? Come on. I don't know if they had <laughs> earpieces in their ears here. I don't think they did. But he just seemed rushed. Like, he was supposed to announce Hulk. So first of all, Alex Trebek, the music starts playing. And he was like, now his opponent from Venice, California. He didn't even say Venice Beach, California, because I felt he felt he was rushed. So he's like, from Venice, California, weighing 303 pounds, Hulk. Or no, this is the immortal Hulk Hogan. Like, and it was just so like a weird and odd. And it was just like, yeah, yeah you're used to Howard Finkel going Hogan, like just yeah. pushing it out there. But, but yeah, Alex Trebek just butchered it. Piper should have gave him. A, a talk <laughs> I was gonna and, think, and like, who'd have thought? Short Hogan, Long Hogan, man, you gotta strike out. You the get Hogan. out there, yeah, you Long Hogan. Like, it has to be Long Hogan. Don't go Hogan. Don't go Hogan. Go Hogan, <laughs> man. I, I don't think it's going to get any better from there, guys. Hit us up on Instagram. Uh, don't, say, or- don't say immortal either. That's a stupid word. I've never liked the word immortal. That's All stupid. Right. He's not immortal. He's an asshole. Hit us, up I on, hit us up on Instagram at OWP2019. Click on Linktree. Find us on several platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher, just to name a few. This is Dave, Jess, and Craig with the OWP signing off. Have a good one.